Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. So if you're a guest with us, we're honored that you're here. And uh, I encourage you to go back on YouTube, on the website or wherever and find the first couple weeks because we've had a lot of fun and God's done some awesome things in our church through this series so far. But I just have to tell you that this one in particular has just resonated with me, man. I've never had a message that sat so heavy for so long with me. So I'm excited to give it to you and to drop the mic, if you know what I'm talking about, Mamba out. But some of y'all don't know basketball, so you don't know what I'm talking about, but Kobe still lives. So anyway, I, I just wanna, I wanna tell y'all why, why this one's just sitting with me, and it's because it's probably the most unknown, misunderstood thing in relationships. And the interesting thing is it's all different kinds of relationships. And so if you're married in here, you have a soul tie, I promise you. Whether you want it or not, you have a soul tie, I promise you, with your spouse. But then there's all kinds of different soul ties that we have, and it's fascinating. And most people, I would say 80 to 90% of you probably don't even know what I'm talking about right now when I say soul tie. And so it seems uncomfortable, and what is he talking about, and what could this possibly be about? And, and soul ties are so fascinating to me because I just want to kind of give you the end before I give you the beginning. God intended for you to be tied to people. Did you know that God made us relational? I need you to talk to me in here if you knew that. God made us relational, not by ourselves. Did y'all know that? And so because of that, it is good to have soul ties. Soul ties are good things. It is when we get them confused that they become damaged and damaging and they kill us and they overwhelm us. And so I want to explain to you why that's the case today. And we're going to break some stuff in this room in Jesus' name. We're going to see God do some stuff that's going to be crazy. But here's who I want you to think of. And I want to give you the end because I like to do this. If y'all know me, y'all know that I like to give the end of the test. I don't like, I never when I was a teacher liked to give surprise pop things on tests. I like to tell the students what the test was going to be about before we got there. Is anybody with me? Does anyone like that if you were in school like me? This is an open note test today that we're going to get in here. And the thing about it is you're tied to some things that are not good. You're tied to some things that you don't need. You're tied to some things that you've decided that you can still hold on to that was never intended for you to hold on to. And that's what we're going to see broken in this place. And I just believe that God's going to do it. I believe that it's going to be awesome. And so I want you to know that the message today is breaking unhealthy or unholy, if you want to think about it like that, soul ties. And this is the picture that we put online this week, and it's also, um, it's, I just thought it was a cool picture because of the different colors of the ropes and how they're tied together and how they're sewn together. And this is not a bad thing because some of y'all know the verse, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Do not be unequally yoked together. That's a good picture of a soul tie unequally yoked and so before I move any farther I do need to tell y'all this unequally yoked it's a good picture and it's not just talking about marriage by the way but people have used that unequally yoked so much I, I believe manipulation 
Manipulation in preaching and manipulation in life in general is one of the reasons that we get ourselves into the messes that we're in. And if y'all don't know about manipulation, you can hang out with me long enough because I'm a manipulator when I'm not right in the Lord. And I'll, I'll show you what it looks like in a bad way because that's what we naturally do. If we want something in our lives, we manipulate to get there. Is anybody with me? And so, so people have used this to say, people have used this to say, well then, well, then you should never interracially marry. The Bible does not ever even come close to implying that that's what unequally yoked means. That's not what it is. There should have been some more that's rights in here than just that. But it's good if you're at the very least a racist or at least, at least prejudiced. It's good to use that because then you can manipulate your way to get people to do what you want them to do because you don't like the other races of people. So it's fun to use this in the way that you want to use it, but that's not how God intended for it to be used. And then this is the other one. This is the other one. Pastor Mark. Jesus wants me to have my closest friends with people that are far from God. This is for the Christians in the room. Hang in with me if you're not. That's what God wants. He, he, he went to all the sinners. He was the one that did that. And that's true. Listen, you should have people in your life. If you don't, if you just hang out with, with holy people that think of themselves as awesome, then you've missed the point. And we're going to think of ourselves in a place that we shouldn't. However, the people that are closest to us, that are tied to us, should be the people that are helping you reach your destiny because the purpose of a soul tie is the person that helps you reach your destiny in Christ Jesus. And so if I'm tied to people that are keeping me from my destiny or more importantly, taking me exactly opposite direction of my destiny in Christ, then I have a soul tie that is wrong, that is not supposed to be there. And most of the time what happens is when I have soul ties that are wrong, I start, I start making excuses for why that soul tie should be okay. I start saying, yeah, but, yeah, but. Jesus did hang out with the tax collectors and the sinners, and we know that. He was criticized. But the people closest to him were Mary and Martha and Lazarus and Peter, James, and John. And they were helping him in his destiny, and he was leading them in their destiny, and they were, it was good for them to do life together. So listen, this, I could end it right here because this is simple. If I have to make excuses for the people that I'm hanging out with, if I have to make excuses... For the people that I'm hanging out with because of abuse and neglect and the things that they're doing to me. And as a result, I begin to do to them. And sometimes it's a me problem that I do to them to try to get them to do what I want them to do. Then I've got a soul tie that needs to be broken. And it's bad and it's bondage and it's covering me and it's killing me. And I think one of the most beautiful pictures of soul ties, and it actually says it in the Bible, is two men. This was a friendship. This was a brotherhood. This was a bond. This is important to note, though. It says, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 18, 1, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan, the son of Saul, knit to the soul of David, who was his enemy going forward. Knit, which means bound, tied together to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So, it is unrealistic for us to believe that we can have lots and lots and lots and lots of soul ties because I hear people say, I've got lots of friends. You may have a lot of friends on Facebook, but you don't have lots of true friends. If a man or a woman has five, they're blessed beyond measure. If you have five, you're blessed beyond measure. If you believe you have 20, you've lied to yourself. 
Are y'all with me? And a lot of times that's where we find the trouble is we haven't figured out how to differentiate between people that are our buddies, people that we can hang with every once in a while. It doesn't mean that I can't do life with some of those people. It just means that I don't give them all of me. And I need y'all to know this before we continue. When it comes to brotherhood or sisterhood, when it comes to, to having friendships, these are relationships that I don't have to work real hard at. These are relationships that when I get in the room with these guys for me, that we begin to dream together and our dreams start bouncing off of each other and it's a good thing. That it's not something that I'm trying to compete with him in those situations. That it's something that I get excited because of his dream and he gets excited because of my dream and God starts flourishing in us together. When it's not that and when there's a competition and when you start hoping what you can get out of them, I can tell you that a lot of times it's a me problem but it's always an unhealthy soul tie when I start competing with the person that God wanted me to be with. And so it's important for us to begin to understand what a soul tie is for. Because God wants you to be communal and to do life with each other. And then we dive in a little deeper. And we begin to understand the purpose of them. That soul ties happen through emotional and spiritual bonds. That they happen by experiences. That they happen because God aligns you. Someone say align. God intends for us to be aligned with certain people for certain seasons of our lives. And when alignment starts taking place, you just know it. Do y'all know what I mean by that? You just know it. When you don't have to force it, you just know it. When we have these ties, these binds, these, these bonds with people that just happen in our lives, it's beautiful and it's awesome. But, but, they always happen in sex. They always happen in sex. And this is why the his and hers relationships, the marriage part of this is so critically important. People take marriage today so lightly, y'all. So likely. It's an option to get divorced all the time. It's an option to think through these things. It's an option for whether or not we should just test drive the car before we go out and actually buy it. And we, and we think about sex this way. And I just need to be real with y'all. I'm going to put my cards on the table and be honest with y'all today. When I was growing up, we're the Gen Xers. So we're right older than the millennials and the Gen Xers grew up in the generation of True Love Waits. Raise your hand if you remember True Love Waits. Come on, let me see. True Love Waits. True Love Waits. Praise the Lord for True Love Waits. Whew. If y'all didn't grow up with it, you don't know what I'm talking about, but you will in just a second. True Love Waits was interesting because it was, it was a great idea. It's a great concept because it was teaching biblical principles about waiting till you're married and saving yourself for your spouse. However, I might be the only one in the room that will be willing to be honest in here. And if I am, I'm willing to stand on this box by myself. But I really loved her. And I didn't want to wait. Someone needs to talk to me. I felt like they missed the why part, right? I, I get it, but you told me that if I love her, I should want to wait. But I didn't want to wait because no one told me why. Because I really wanted, come on now. And this is the why. This is the why. This is the purpose behind the why. Young people in the room, I hope that you'll listen to this and take it serious. Because the moment that I'm soul tied with somebody, I choose to have all of their ties with me. The minute that I'm tied to another individual, 
and it's especially unique in sex. It's especially unique in God's plan in marriage. I have all of their ties with me, and we're bound together. So all of her hurts, all of her past, all of her shame, all of her stuff, and vice versa. And so if I just practice safe sex is what we're taught today in, in society, and it's made fun of to save yourself till marriage today. It's made fun of. It's ridiculed. But no one gives you this side. Society's taught us that we should just be able to explore whatever we want to explore, but no one's ever taught us this side of it. And this is the side of it that we need to see. And in Genesis chapter 2, right after God made Adam, and then he took a rib out and said, I'm going to make Eve, bone of our bones, flesh of our flesh, we are one. He says at this very moment in verse 24, after he says, it's not good for a man to be alone, I'm going to make him a helpmate. There's going to be someone with him. I want someone that can walk with him. I want someone that they can help each other's destiny because, men, it's not about your dream. It's about her dream. Ladies, it's not about your dream. It's about his dream. It becomes our dream together. And when that happens, God has aligned us with the proper person. And that does, I'm not talking about soulmates today. I'm talking about alignment in the Lord. And look, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become, what does it say? Say it again. One flesh. And then, so, so let me just say this real quick before I continue. I think this is fascinating. Because right here, God said a man shall leave his father and mother. A man shall leave his father and mother. If you just read the Bible and you're, sc and you're scanning through, you can miss this part of the Bible really easily. There were no mothers and fathers at this time. Are y'all with me? It was just Adam and Eve. And so at this point, there had been no children and there had been no mommies and daddies. So before there was ever a mother and a father, God said, this is my plan. This is free and I'm going to keep moving. But this is important for every marriage in the room and every future marriage in the room. I find very often that it's mothers and fathers with sons and daughters, sons and daughters with mothers and fathers that cause the greatest hindrances in marriage because we've not been willing to leave. Oh, sure, you may live in another house, but you're still holding on to their home, and you're still trying to make your home what they had, and you're still trying to make their rules your rules, and you're still covered at every holiday. People get overwhelmed because they have to make sure that they hit everybody's mama and everybody's daddy and everybody's grandma and everybody's mad at them. Can't nobody please everybody all of the time. Is anybody with me up in this place? <clears throat> I'm just going to be an equal opportunity frustrate you today, so y'all just stay with me. It hits everybody. If you try to keep your relationship with your family the same after you get married. What is intended to be good. By the way, you should still have a soul tie with your family. This isn't meaning that you should not have any relationship with them whatsoever. But if you're incapable because of your relationship with them to walk away and be with your spouse, I'm here to tell you with the biblical authority that God's given me that it's cool to move to Texas so that you don't have a hindrance in this. That even though I should still honor my mother and my father, I'm tied to Leah. That it's no longer their decision what God has told us to do. And even though they love us, there's sometimes that there are moms and dads, and so they don't, they say that they want our destiny, they say that they want our best interest. But if God calls you to Mongolia today to be a missionary, 
and your parents are telling you, well, I'm not sure it's safe. I'm here to tell you it's probably not, but it still may be God's destiny for you, and they may not be the ones that you should be listening to today because they may not have your best interest in mind in Christ. They may have your best interest in mind in them. I know it's quiet, and I'm cool with it being quiet, but I'm here to tell you it's awkward because you have no idea how many times I deal with parents, in-laws, frustrations. It's not that people necessarily want to hurt you. It's that they want you for you. But a good soul tie is not wanting you for you and trying to get them this. It's, it's beginning to believe your destiny and my destiny are linked together, and we can go toward Christ Jesus together. And as soon as I'm thinking of myself, I don't have your best interest in mind. And then Jesus took it a step further in Mark chapter 10. He says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but how many? One. One. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And we do these in, in marriage ceremonies. We do these, these, these in sickness and in health and rich and in poor till death do us part. And they're sweet and they're nice. And we think, oh, that was so kind. That was so awesome. But it's not just that. I am binding my soul to her soul the day that I before God make a covenant. This is why we shouldn't go into marriage just passively and say, I think I like her. She's hot. Hot ain't this. Is anybody with me? Because <laughs> hot talks back to you eventually. Come on now. Just saying. Come on. And if I'm supposed to be one flesh... If I'm supposed to be bonded spirit to spirit with the person that I am marrying and choosing to spend the rest of my life with, if the only thing that I've got going for me is she's good looking, he's good looking, then I'm in trouble. And the his and hers relationship is the most important relationship that you will ever have because it's the person that I lay in bed with that I spend my life with, but I must think of her needs above myself. And most of us don't, and so we manipulate our way to getting what we want. Because we have unhealthy soul ties that we're, are surrounding us. We're bound up. And we don't understand when we brought that baggage to our marriage why it's so difficult to have this one right. So I want you to know one word. I want you to know one word. Everybody say joined. That's the purpose. That's really the, the key word in this. And the word joined in the original language means glue, to adhere, bind, or to be tied to one soul. Will you hand me that, baby? And it reminds me of this. There's only so much that you could glue to this, these two pieces of wood. There's only so much that you could join together. So if you could just picture all the different things that I could have glued to me. It's people, but it's also stuff. And the more that I adhere to myself in my soul, the more that I'm tied to, the more past I'm tied to, the more stuff that I'm tied to, the more of my life that I'm tied to, the less sticky that I will be. How many of y'all have tried to take a stamp off of an envelope before? Come on, somebody. And then reuse it. I do it. I spell stuff wrong. It drives me crazy. And I spell the envelope wrong or I'm just, I'm the name wrong, excuse me, on the envelope and then, or I'm just messy because I'm not a real good penman. And then you do it again, because <laughs> I've done this before. And so the next time, I've got to tape over it. Or I used to be a part of a stamp club. Don't, don't laugh at me, because it's true. <laughs> Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. I was in the eighth grade at D.R. Hill, power to the people. And we used to take the stamps off. We used to cut them. We'd get these old stamps. We'd take them off, and we'd set them in this, this solution, and the stamp would come off. But it was never able to be sticky again. 
never able to be sticky again. I'm here to tell y'all that once these, these things start happening in our lives, they get broken. And they lose their stickiness. They lose their adhesiveness. And that's why I'm not putting down anybody in here that's been married two, three, four, five times. Because I believe God can make everything new. But when we try to make everything new, it looks like this. And there's chunks that come off every single time that you break something that was intended to be together. There's chunks that come off when we have relationships in our lives that get separated that God intended to be together because we let things get in between them. God intended for us to be aligned with very few people in our lives, but in those marriages, his and hers relationships, God intended for you to be together for the rest of your life. And when they come apart, some of you, it wasn't your fault. Listen to me. Some of you, it wasn't your fault, but you've held on to them and they chose to walk away. And this is what your life looks like. And as you try to walk forward, you'll try to bind back together with the place that's never been healed. And there's splinters in your life and there's stuff in your life. And you look around and go, well, I'm just damaged goods. There's nothing I can do. You're not damaged goods. But if you try to fix it on your own, this is what we are. And in our relationships, when we listen, this is important. When we try to hold on to things that we're not intended to hold on to, this is what our life looks like. And if you want to know if you have unhealthy and unholy soul ties, if obsession is in your, def, in your, excuse me, in your vocabulary, if you have to check on those people every day, if you have to look over your shoulder every day, if, if you can't believe the best and hope the best for the people that have even abused and hurt you in the past, and I'm not saying that you've said it's okay. I'm saying that you've walked away and you said we're going to start over and we're going to be anew then you have some soul ties that you're tied to and you're bound and bound and bound and glued together and there's joints in your life that were not intended to still be in your life. But this is the one that I think is interesting. And this is where, guys, gals, everybody in the room, this is where I need you to lean in and listen because this is huge. If you're 15 years old in this room, you should lean in more than anybody else maybe because this is the lie that no one's telling y'all about. This is the lie that no one's bringing the truth to you. It's not just true love waits. There's a soul tie in your life that takes place, and if we don't do something about it, then we will be a bigger mess than we already are. If we can't look out at our society today and say we're in a mess, then maybe I'm the only crazy one in the room that can look out and say we need some help. But I'm here to tell you just yelling at them and telling them they're wrong is not fixing anything. And there's some stuff that we can do to see God bring things back together that were never intended to be separated. It says 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your bodies, your bodies are members of Christ? I'm going to say members. Members, that's important. Shall I then take the members of Christ, the members of Christ, and tie them, tie them, make them members of a prostitute? He says, never. And we hear that and we're like, yeah, that's weird. That's weird. Of course not. But this is not just implying prostitutes. This is implying anyone other than the person that you're married to as far as sexual relations go. And this is why. Or do you not know that he who is joined, someone say joined. Joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her. Just like, just like I'm supposed to leave and cleave to this lady because she is my wife. She's my, she's my lover. She's the person that I'm tied to, Lord willing, for the rest of our lives. But just like that, if you choose to lay with anybody other than your spouse... You become one body with her and an automatic soul tie takes place. Bam. 
And we're so casual with it today, we just break it off, and we just break it off, and we just break it off. And then we have these, this, 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 this body that is just, just fragments. And we wonder what we can do. How can I make this right? How can I'll always be thinking about this. If I, how can I get married now, and how can this ever be right? Because it's written that the two become one flesh, but this is the beautiful part. But the one who is joined with the Lord becomes one spirit with him. I need y'all to know this because a buddy of mine had asked me this question this week, and I was like, man, it's a great question. So I did some research, and this is what I really believe. When I'm one spirit with the Lord, when he makes me whole again, when he makes all things new, that is how I can be made right, even if I've had so many wrongs. Because it's by his stripes that I'm healed. He was bruised for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities, the sin, the bend, the things that we are so jacked up in. And I know many of you, if, if statistics are right, 80 to 90% of you had sex before you were married. And I would say 100% of us have some kind of soul tie in our life that is jacked up and messed up. And it's a relationship with a brother or a friend that has been severed and broken and we are we are constantly thinking about them and we're overwhelmed with our lives. But I'm telling you today that God makes all things new. And when he does, he joins our spirit to their spirit. He aligns us with who he intended to align us with. And most of us try to fix these relationships that are broken that God does not intend to be whole. Instead of forgiving them, walking away and being aligned with the people that God intended us to be aligned with. I need to know in this room, is there anybody that would like to see some things made whole in here in the presence of God? Is there anybody in here that would like to see some things made whole? This is the, my favorite picture of this message, y'all. Because it's the members and it's the joints. And we wrote down who you're connected to matters because it's about my destiny and it's about your destiny. And growth potential and destiny are tied to joints. Growth potential and destiny are tied to joints. This is what I thought of as I was studying this message. How many of y'all know that in your body as you're growing, so we got some young people in the room that are between the ages probably of 12 and 18 that probably can still have time to grow. And in that time, you have what's called growth plates. And in those growth plates is where all your joints connect one part of my body to the other part of my body. If when I was five years old, I would have had a break in my growth plate, in one of my growth plates, in one of my joints, if I would have had a break. I would have had a stunt to my growth if it never would have been healed correctly. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know that? Some of y'all are like, where's he going with this? This is crazy. Most of us look at a kid that's had a break and we, our heart hurts because their bones aren't fully developed yet and they're not hard. More importantly, their tendons and their ligaments that connect the two have not fully developed. And so instead of spraining them, which is a strain and sometimes a slight break in the tendons and ligaments, they get severed so easily. And if you ever try to fix yourself, fix a break that's a major important break, you'll see how it hinders the growth and it will never fully develop. And I've got friends that 
play ball and they have fingers or they have one arm that's crazily shorter and, and it's unbelievable than the other one or things happen, it was a, a severe injury. I need y'all to know that your bodies are members of the Holy Spirit of God. Your bodies are joint heirs with Jesus your bodies. And this is what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 when he's talking about us doing the works of service for Christ. He said, listen, the whole, from, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint. Someone say every joint. Every joint is important. Every single person we're joined to is important. Every joint is important with which it is equipped when each part is working properly. It makes the body grow. So that it builds itself up in love. Every person that I'm joined with, I need to ask myself this question. You can't undo the fact that you have a mom and a dad. Or sons and daughters. And we should love them till the day that we die or that they die before us. But I'm talking about the people that I'm most closely bonded tied to, adhered to, glued to, the people that I'm giving myself away to completely, that they get all of me, that they get all of me. And so as a result, when we're together, the two become like one. And in our marriage relationships, that's absolutely the case. And I need you to know in this room, Satan hates it. The enemy hates marriage because it's God's picture of himself to his bride. That's you and me. So he can't stand the fact that because we become one with God, we can look at a mountain in faith and tell it to move, and then it moves. And when we're right with each other, when we're right with each other, when we're right with each other, that things begin to change in our lives. And I'm just telling you right now, if you don't have any of these good relationships, you won't properly understand this. And I'm going to show you this in a couple weeks, but in another place in 1 Samuel, it says that I may overthrow 1,000, excuse me, in Deuteronomy it says this, I may overthrow 1,000 by myself, but together we can overthrow 10,000 together. I'm 10 times stronger when my wife and I are bonded properly together. There's 10 times the potential in Christ Jesus that I can have when I'm right in the Lord. But if I try to manipulate my way to get her to do what I want her to do or to get you if I'm bonded with you to do what I'm supposed to do, and I just need me, and it's all about me, and the only thing I ever think about is what you're not doing for me, then that's the person I shouldn't be tied to. And we grieve over relationships that we should just simply walk away from and say, God, thank you, because that was not the person for my destiny for the rest of my life, because you're the point. I was never the point. And that he's got something far greater in mind for me. And we've held on to people that have passed away. And we've held on to situations that we thought we should be able to figure out on our own. And God never intended. And this is what I think the point looks like. And I've never read this verse right, I don't think. When Jesus was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, I believe he talked about this exact thing, about our joints, about being members together, about what we should be doing together, about how this should be a communal thing. But I'm not going to be tied to 300 people that are in this room. I'm going to be indirectly tied because when we're doing this thing right, that's how joints work, that my hand is head but it's indirectly tied because throughout the body they become tied together and that's how we do it that's how we change the world and listen in Mark chapter 5 this is or excuse me Matthew chapter 5 he says have you not he says you've heard it said you should not commit adultery that's awesome and some of us have never had sex outside of marriage by the grace of God that's Leah and I 
And so we let pride swell up in our heart and sin begins to creep in. And he says, but, but I say that everyone who looks at a woman with lust, or in this case, he says, with lustful intent, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Pride is an enemy of alignment. And it's an enemy of healthy soul ties. And it's an enemy of what God has intended for your life. Because I begin to think I'm capable of fixing this. I'm here to tell you that we're not capable of fixing anything. We're capable of turning to God and following Him and listening to Him. If I began to tell you the people that God had aligned me with in the last year, I could just praise the Lord and laugh because I didn't even know them. But God had a plan. And God had a purpose. And because I walked away from from, excuse me, some things, God chose to make it right. But for some of us, this is the kind of thing that we got to walk away from. Looking down at people that have been married five times, but in our own heart we have lust, and not understanding that those people may be more pure, and I may be more toxic in my spirit. And watch this, this is crazy. He says, see, if your right eye causes your left eye to sin, And you're being pulled away from what God has for you. He says, throw it away. Tear it out and throw it away. Tear it out and walk away. For it's better to lose one of your members, one of the people that you're tied to, one of those people that you thought would be with you for the rest of your life. It's better to walk away from that than it is for you to be drugged and overwhelmed and end up so far from God that you don't even know where to turn. I believe in your marriages that you should fight and you should fight and you should fight for each other as long as it is humanly possible, even if they've messed up so bad that you can't even imagine it. However, however, if abuse continues and neglect continues and adultery continues, then I believe at some point you should walk away. But for those of you that have walked away, you've held on and you've hoped and you've still tried to remain in that. And there's many of us that have never had that situation, but we've held on to things that we never should have. And we ask ourselves, why am I so depressed? They're so depressed and you're tied to it. Why am I struggling so deeply? They're struggling so deeply or they're struggling so deeply or they're struggling. I should be very choosy who I'm tied to. And, th- and those relationships aren't even on life support and we won't walk away. They are already broken and fragmented and right it's just going to be worse when they break again but I'm telling you right now God makes all things new because this is what our lives look like God makes it all new God makes it all new God makes it all new the next verse by the way says that if my hand my left hand causes my right hand then I should cut that off and there's something painful about cutting something off isn't it y'all ever watch war movies and you see someone say If he keeps being like this, then he's going to die because it's so wounded. we got to cut it off. In medicine today, it's a little bit different than it was back in the day when those injuries would happen. But if you have a joint problem and it severs the blood vessels and everything else in there, eventually your hand will begin to turn black and it will die. But did you know this? That if this dies and I don't do something about it, eventually it will kill my whole body. Eventually, it's toxic to my whole body, not just toxic to my hand. There's some people in here that you have those toxic relationships in your life. And the level of toxic in your body 
is overwhelming because you've thought that you would compartmentalize that relationship and I'm here to tell you that a soul tie ties you to all of their things too but watch what the Bible says in Nahum chapter 1 we don't go to Nahum very much but it's good right here because God says from now on I'm taking the yoke the tie, the soul tie that was tied around your neck what you decided that you had to fix and heal and he says I'm taking it from your neck and I'm splitting it up for kindling because you no longer have to be tied to what you've been tied to. You get to hit your wagon to the Lord. You get to decide that the Lord is the one that I will follow and the Lord's relationships are the one that I want to be tied to. And no longer do I have to be a slave to fear and sin in my past and rejection and shame because I'm a child of God and I'll trust Him. And everybody in my life might walk away, but as long as I have Jesus, I'm okay. I'm going to keep going with Him because I'm going to choose to be tied to Him. I'm cutting you free from the ropes of your bondage and I'm setting you free so you can walk away. I'm setting you free so you can walk away. Here's what I'm telling y'all today. Some of us just need to walk away and let it go. Some of y'all have held on to the past and the things of your life that you thought you could fix. I'm here to tell you today, let it go. Somebody say, let it go with me. Let it go. Somebody needs to let some things go in their life. Some people need to take what has never been your destiny and you need to break free from the person of your past the person that's abused you you need to let it go you need to let them go you need to walk free and walk to your destiny some of y'all need to look at your spouse who you've neglected and say forgive me I'm coming home I'm letting that stuff go I'm letting that sin go I'm walking back to you we're gonna make some things right in the presence of God but I want to close with this See, this is where I think the rubber meets the road in this message. <clears throat> and this is where I think the struggle lies. I think most of us, I think most of us look at these situations and we think, I'm going to pray for forgiveness and the Lord's going to wave his magic wand and it's always going to be okay. But the crazy thing about our loving God is he gives us a free will to be human beings and choose. And I'm here to tell you today, if you stay in your seat, whatever you know is binding you up, whatever you know is overwhelming you, whatever you know has been your destiny because it has covered you in shame and in your past and in your fears and in your failures and in your rejections, it will continue to be that even if you say, Lord, forgive me. Salvation is the starting point, everybody. Salvation is when I confess that Jesus is Lord over my life, but it does not necessarily change my past relationships. I get to decide those things. God lets me choose who it will be, and when I begin to walk with him, I begin to align with the ones that he intended for me to be aligned with. So the reason that we put popsicle sticks that are tied together, just like these were tied together, is I want y'all to have a chance. There's Sharpies up here at the front. You can use these Sharpies as we sing God of Miracles. You can use the pen that is on your, on your worship guide right now, but I'm telling you right now, I don't believe there's a person in the room that doesn't have some kind of sin, some kind of past, some kind of hobby, some kind of something that's keeping you from the right alignment with the Lord Jesus and ultimately the few people in your life that he would have you be aligned with. You will continue to be tied to the things that you're tied to unless you're willing to repent 
and ask the Lord to forgive you and then forgive them. Forgiveness is not saying it's okay. Forgiveness is saying I choose not to bring it up again because I'm going to see some chains broken in my life and I'm walking away. I'm letting it go in Jesus' name. And then renounce it in Jesus' name. Listen, we're renouncing the, the soul ties that have covered us in Jesus' name by standing up and walking forward. I'm renouncing the things in my life that have covered me. I'm renouncing the things that I will no longer be tied to. I'm renouncing them in Jesus' name, not on my own word, but in Jesus' name. But I'm taking the step to go out and then he's going to make all things new because listen to me, we're not the ones that make them new, but we're the ones that take the step. If you want to sit in your seat, that is your decision before you and God. But I know that the vast majority of people in this room need to walk forward. And this is what I want you to do. When you get forward, we're going to pray with you. And we're going to pray together as we sing God of Miracles. But I want you, when you write that name, to just declare before God forgiveness for them or ask for forgiveness to renounce that relationship that, that has hindered you. And I want you to snap it. And I want you to throw it on the ground. Just leave it right where it is. And just declare that Jesus is Lord in your life. That you believe in his name. His name alone is the one that's mighty to save. And then walk away. Walk away knowing that God is making something new in this place. Is anybody with me in here? Is anybody with me in here? I want you to come now if that's you. And we'll begin to pray over you as we sing God of Miracles. You come. Lord Jesus, we're just thankful for what you're doing in this place. And God, I believe that some chains that have been on us for some of us generations, some generational ties, some sins. God, the things that we do like drink too much or take pills or try to do these things, those are just fixing symptoms, Lord. But we want you to break every chain and make all things new. So, Lord, right now, you do it. And in Jesus' name, we're believing that some things are going to be broken in the presence and power of your spirit. We love you, Jesus. Now you start breaking some chains in this room, Lord, and we're going to do our part and walk to you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Y'all come.